When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's summer and everyone's talking about water. LifeSource water systems reduce hard water problems and remove harsh chemicals that cities add to your Hetch Hetchy water. No filters to change, no salt to add, and no maintenance. LifeSource water gives you delicious water, softer skin and hair, and brighter laundry. For a limited time, LifeSource water will pay your sales tax. Offer ends soon. Call LifeSource water at 888-712-4279 or visit LifeSourceWater.com. That's 888-712-4279. LifeSource water. Taste and feel the difference. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks where we talk all things reality TV and pop culture. I am the Morgan in the Morgan's Pop Talks. How are you? We are not good. We're not good. Did you hear about Summer House? What in God's green earth are they thinking we will get into all the rumors who is staying who is going I can confirm to you a couple of people who the rumors are true and we'll get into it but first we got to start with our pop three these are the biggest headlines of the week starting with Kendall Jenner and Devin Booker spotted amidst breakup rumors The two reportedly broke up last week, but they were seen together over the weekend hanging out at Soho House in Malibu. They appeared to be in good spirits as they pass each other some flirty looks. I'm batting my eyes right now, but you can't see it. All the reports were saying when they broke up, yes, they broke up. Uh, Kendall doesn't think they're on the same life path, but everyone was saying, They have the possibility of getting back together. They have the possibility of getting back together. They'll probably get back together. So they got in a fight is what you're telling me. They got in a fight because maybe Devin Booker doesn't want to get engaged right now and they broke up and really they're fine and they're out at Soho House in Malibu right now. Either that or a lot of people think that this is just a ploy for attention, maybe a storyline, because you know what they say, the devil works hard, but Kris Jenner works harder. When I saw the paparazzi photos, especially days after all the reports about Kendall and Devin splitting up, I'm like, how is Kendall, who is arguably the most private of the whole family, Kylie's pretty private too, but um, I think in a different way. How is Kendall going to have her relationship status put on blast and then be photographed by the paparazzi two days later with said ex-boyfriend smiling and giggling and laughing about? I don't buy it. And they're filming right now. Did you know that? You know how I know that? I watched Khloe Kardashian on Hot Ones the other day and she very nonchalantly said, or even the host I think said that 
they brought their camera crew to record Chloe doing hot ones. So this is all a big fat lie. Let's move on to headline number two. Travis Barker was hospitalized this week. He was first rushed to West Hills Hospital and Medical Center Tuesday morning for an unknown health issue. He was then transported to Cedar sinai Medical Center in L.A. Uh, for additional care with Kourtney Kardashian by his side. We all saw the photos. Travis was being carried in in a stretcher. Kourtney was walking behind him. Um, his 16-year-old daughter, Alabama, posted on her Instagram story, please say a prayer. That child posts everything on her Instagram story. And it's like on one hand, I am grateful for her dedication to the gram because if it was not for her, we would not have gotten the first looks at the Kravis wedding. Um, we would not really have much more information about what's going on. Alabama did post a photo of herself holding Travis's hand while they were in the hospital and it was soon deleted. I feel like that was probably, you know, a, a parental decision like Alabama, can you please delete that off of your social media account? People were also very concerned because that morning he had tweeted, God save me, okay, which everyone was like, oh my gosh, he tweeted this and now he's in the hospital and his daughter is saying, please say a prayer. Yes, it is eerie, but yes, it is also an MGK lyric to song that they wrote together and the MGK documentary Life in Pink came out this week. God save me, I'm messed up. Yeah, it goes something like that. I just got to say, I watched the MGK documentary. He scares me. He actually terrifies me. I'm concerned, but I also um, bought tickets to the show that he's going to do in Cleveland. So back to Travis. According to TMZ, Travis was hospitalized because of pancreatitis. So Barker's pancreas became inflamed due to a recent colonoscopy procedure Now, I don't know what pancreatitis is, but you better believe I know what a colonoscopy is. Symptoms included nausea, intense stomach pain, and vomiting. Like I said, I know nothing about pancreatitis, so I googled it, um, and it said, about four out of five cases of acute pancreatitis improve quickly and don't cause any serious further problems. However, one in five cases are severe and can result in life-threatening complications, such as multiple organ failure. In severe cases where complications develop, there is a high risk of the condition being fatal. So we really, really hope that that's not the case. That would be really bad. But they have the best doctors around, so I have uh, faith that they will be okay. And our final headline in this week's Pop 3, Erica Jane has lost a legal battle over not turning over a pair of $1.4 million earrings. If you are new to the Girardi files, Erica Jane was married to a very well-established high power lawyer Tom Girardi for 20 years. He was significantly older than her and he essentially funded her lifestyle until she became a a singing sensation, a real housewife of Beverly Hills, whatever. Well, uh, Tom Girardi was stealing uh, victim settlement money. So basically her whole entire life was a lie. The trustee presiding over Tom Girardi's bankruptcy Uh, made a court filing going after Erica Jane. At the center of the fight was a pair of diamond earrings that was worth $1.4 million that her husband Tom had bought for her in 2007 for $750,000. Okay, so over the span of however many years, they have become more profitable. Erica objected, claiming she had no knowledge of her husband's alleged embezzlement. Okay, that's not really the point, but According to Radar Online, a federal judge has ordered the pair of diamond earrings to be sold off to the highest bidder, 
to help pay the once-respected lawyer's creditors. The judge said that it did not matter that Erica was unaware of the alleged crimes and ordered that they are property of the estate. Right? <laughs> like, did she think that they would just let her keep them just because she didn't know that they were bought with stolen money? Like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. I didn't know. So just like, let me keep them. I don't know if maybe she was trying to sell them for herself because she's in a little bit more financial trouble. I'll get to that in a second. But attorney Ronald Richards told Radar Online the decision to award the earrings to the estate was a justifiable one. Erica's fantastical belief that she could keep the proceeds of an embezzlement of the client trust account was disturbing and should never have been argued. She has no compassion, and one day soon, her attorney and her will know that just because you claim willful blindness doesn't mean you get to keep stolen property. Erica Jane recently revealed in court that she was informed by the California Franchise Tax Board that she also owes $2.2 million uh, for 2019, which she said in a declaration, I do not have the ability to pay. So maybe she wanted to keep those diamond earrings to sell them for herself and, and help her pay this California Franchise Tax Board. Uh, but it's interesting to know that this is kind of some things that have been going on behind the scenes. But she's happy as a clam on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Getting lit on three margaritas and a yacht in the middle of the ocean. Whatever helps. All right. We are going to get into this week's deep dive, which I do know a thing or two about. It's all about those summer house rumors. Who is not returning? Who's getting demoted? Let's go to Brooke. Hey, Morgan. It's Brooke from Louisville, Kentucky. What is going on with these summer house rumors? Do you think it's true that Luke, Andrea, Alex, and Sierra aren't coming back this year? I'm going to miss our Italian stallion. Anyways, love following along with the pod and everything on social media. Have a great week. Love you like a sis. Love you like a sis, Brooke. Okay, before I get into this, I will just say that I recorded a lot of the deep dive two days ago, and some other stuff has come out since then. So I will give you an update right now. Luke went on his Instagram and confirmed that he was not coming back um, to Summer House. So that one is correct. Alex did an Instagram post where it's a really long caption. I just can't read it today, you guys. I really can't. I'm freaking tired. Uh, but basically saying that life throws you curveballs. Recently, he feels like life has thrown curveballs to his face. You know, at first he didn't handle it in the best way. I mean, that's pretty obvious that he is not returning. I can also confirm to you that Andrea is not returning. I can't tell you my source, but it's reliable. It's freaking reliable. And I can maybe give you some feelers as to why he was not asked back. This theory going around that he did not want to return to the show because he's in a happy place with Lexi, yada, 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 is not true. So let's get into it. So after writing this deep dive, I consider myself a summer house expert. If I were to ever to have to write a thesis on something, right, it would be summer house. Otherwise, I ain't writing no thesis. So let's get into it. The internet rumors are swirling via Dumois that Luke, Andrea, Alex, and Sierra will not be back to summer house for season seven as full-time cast members and that Sierra is the only one who has been offered a friend of role. I want to say this would be the first time I'm hearing of something like this, but it is not, and I will get to that in a little bit. So who does that leave? Kyle and Amanda, Lindsay and Carl, Danielle, Paige, Maya, and the potential for Oliver, Craig, and Robert. 
Here is what is pretty obvious to me about Summer House. The show thrives on relationship drama, whether it be from Kyle and Amanda, Paige, Craig, and Kristen Cavallari, Lindsay, and how many sandwiches have you made for me? There, of course, are little friendship spats here and there, but the majority of the tension comes from romantic relationships. I mean, hello, season six. The entire season was about Lindsay, Austin, and Sierra. The whole season. So let's just go ahead and look at the relationship drama that the supposed soon-to-be ex-cast members have been a part of during their time on Summer House. They all have been categorized as having something to do with a, quote, main cast member. So Luke. It was Sierra at first who wasn't the main cast member, but it was Hannah, right? That whole thing revolved around Hannah, who started the show season three, was, you know, kind of a staple for a while. After that, really nothing relationship-wise from Luke. Andrea. Paige was his connector, right? He was in the relationship drama with Paige and Craig, whether it be in Winter House or Summer House. And now he's in a full-blown relationship with somebody that is not on a Bravo TV show, which... Andrea, as a taken man, not good for the show. Not my opinion, but we'll get into that later. Alex. They really did not give Alex a chance. Um, But, you know, if we can remember very early on in the season, he was interested in Sierra. It kind of went nowhere. Uh, Sierra being interested in Carl kind of went nowhere. So that leads us to Sierra. At first, the relationship drama was with Luke. Um, But then the main cast member, the connector, Lindsay, due to her relationship with Austin. Luke, Andrea, and Alex at this very moment have no real reason to be in direct conflict with any of the longtime cast members, which doesn't make for good show conflict and drama, right? Not saying that I do agree with them not being asked back because they don't have conflict with a Kyle or an Amanda or a Lindsay, but... It's reality television, and there has to be some sort of conflict and drama. Sierra at least had her issues um, with Lindsay, and taking her out of the equation is very odd to me. I mean, I know that last season she was very polarizing, but going into this new season, you would think that the drama would be surrounding Amanda Page, Sierra versus Lindsay. So to take Sierra, who was the driving force of that conflict, out of the equation is a bit weird. Um, sidebar, if this is true, and these are the people that are not coming back, Lindsay Hubbard just solidified herself as the Goliath of Summer House. I mean, really, imagine how Lindsay Hubbard feels right now in this moment, knowing that Sierra went up against me last season and who came out on top, who honestly won the battle and the war. It was Lindsay. Okay, back to the rumors. So there are some people in this group that I like as people, but I do understand the decision. Alex, I think he should have gotten redemption, but it's never a good sign when you get completely edited out of a show. I think we saw a lot more of his personality that one sentence at the reunion, but I don't think it necessarily equates to him being asked back as a full-time you know, cast member because he said one really funny thing at the reunion, but I feel like he also wasn't really given a fair chance. Luke who has been on this podcast, sometimes to me seems like he doesn't want to play along. 
honestly, even when he was on the podcast and I'd ask him things about summer or winter house, he seemed disinterested. And maybe that's because there are certain things that you can say that you can't say. He didn't want to get in trouble. Um, but let's just say it wasn't my favorite interview. <laughs> Like, I almost felt like when I was interviewing him that I was doing something wrong. You know, like I would ask him about Winterhouse in particular because it was getting ready to air. And I'd ask him about, you know, his relationship with Gabriella. And he'd be like, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, Dumois, I get it. Like, it just, and maybe that's his personality. He just, I don't know. It was odd, I gotta say. But Andrea who also was on the pod and my favorite guest of all time. He has a face of gold, but he also has a heart of gold. He truly is such a nice and amazing person. And I feel like he was a character outside of his situation with Paige. He has a great personality. He had really funny moments. Drama, you know. People loved Andrea. So I think it's a bad decision to not ask him back because he's no longer pursuing Paige. Which, let's just be real. Let's just be real. His whole existence in the, in the winter house at first was Paige. And then you get to summer house and, you know, for the first six or seven episodes, Andrea's existence is surrounding the fact of whether or not Paige is going to choose Andrea or Craig. I'll say this, Andrea has become a dear internet friend of mine. He is truly the sweetest human. He will DM me and say, how's everything going? How's David? How's the wedding planning? Like, he truly is so pure. And this is when I knew something was up. David and I are going to New York City at the end of August. And Andrea loves David. I mean, who doesn't love David? We all love David. But I felt, and I I honestly don't feel comfortable to do this with any other person besides maybe Michael A, and that's because we've met in person before, but because Andrea is so nice and he's so welcoming and we're all, we're not always talking. I don't want to make it seem like we're talking every day. We're not. But he probably is the Bravo love I talk to the most. Um, And so I DM'd him and I said, David and I are coming to New York City in August. We are taking you and Lexi out to lunch, so deal with it. So he laughed a lot. He said, you know, if I will be in NYC, it's a total yes for me. I would love to hang out all together. And then he said, it will mostly, it will be mostly from Bravo because otherwise I will spend August in Europe. So to me, that's like, okay, if he is asked back, he'll come to New York City. If he's not, he will go to Europe. That conversation, like I said, was a couple weeks ago and just through, you know, random more conversations that we've had recently, he said he doesn't think that he will be in New York in August whenever David and I are going to be there. So I took that as he was going back to Europe because he wasn't asked back by Bravo to be on Summer House. Um, But then I thought, you know, this also could be He'll be in the Hamptons and he won't be in New York City the weekend that we're there. So I wasn't completely writing it off. And he did not say explicitly to me that he was or was not coming back. Um, But there just were some warning signs. I tried to dig a little deeper with him and he said he couldn't say anything. So Andrea's reason, though, for not being asked back, if it is true, is the most obvious to me. And that is his relationship status. They have categorized him as the Italian stallion heartthrob that all the girls want, which of course is true, 
But now that he's off the market, they can't play him up as that. And maybe Lexi didn't want to film or they didn't want her to film. I don't really know. Oh, I have so much more I wish I could say, but I can't. This is why I need a Patreon. My opinion, okay, is that Andrea is entertaining whether or not he's in a relationship. And I think it is total BS that he potentially did not get asked back because he's now in a committed relationship and cannot be the quote single heartthrob that they like to, you know, shove him in a box. I think it's wrong. Okay, so let's move on to Sierra. I actually am shocked that the woman that an entire season's worth of drama was surrounded around is not being asked back as a full-time cast member. And my conspiracy theory is that it's because of the wine glass throw at Danielle. Because it doesn't, nothing else makes sense. There is so much for a viewer that is unresolved and Sierra is at the root of it. So are they just going to come back to Summer House? I don't even know if she's if she went to Winter House. Are they going to act like the reunion just never happened? That all of this unresolved issues between Amanda, Sierra, Paige, and Lindsay just, oh, we're fine. It's just bizarre to me. And you know, any I don't want to say any time that there's been physical violence, but as of late, it just reminds me kind of of the Monique Candace situation where Monique was let go after that season because she got physical. And I don't know. Honestly, it's just a conspiracy theory, but nothing else really makes sense. To go into the season already knowing that she's a friend up. It's one thing if they get there and it's not as juicy and it's not as dramatic as you thought it was going to be and they pull in Alex and they start to slowly edit her out. But to have that decision made before they even get the chance to hash anything out on camera to me is bizarre. So where does that leave us with the current cast? All couples. Uh, The only one in question is Maya We have Kyle and Amanda, Paige, and I mean, you know Craig will be on it, Lindsay and Carl, Danielle and Robert, and then maybe Maya and Oliver. Let's face it, if Kyle and Amanda didn't have so much relationship drama, would they still be on the show? I mean, people are interested in Paige and Craig, although I think some people are starting to lose interest in the two of them because we see them so much. I like them. But even going from Summer House to now Southern Charm, knowing that they again will be on our TVs together on Winter House, it is a lot. It's a whole year of Paige and Craig. Look, if I was offered three shows from Bravo, I would do every single one of them. So I'm not saying that I blame them for that. But as a viewer, it is a lot. Lindsay and Carl. We have not seen them fully together on any show. They weren't full-time cast members on Winter House this season, so I'm super interested to see. I mean, they just moved in together. The question I have surrounding Lindsay and Carl, though, is like, I don't want to see them fight, you know, because the show thrives on drama, and I really want Lindsay and Carl to make it. We know that they now live together, and if they don't fight, will this be the end of the road for them? I don't know. I don't know. I'm also kind of interested to see if Maya is still with Oliver or if she's going to be the single ready to mingle one. And then, of course, you know, we have Danielle and Robert. Did they move to Charleston? I don't really know. Um, But here's the one thing that you cannot deny. Producers protect the main cast. Let's go back to season one. Kyle, Lindsay, Carl, Amanda was a friend of. Season two. Kyle, Lindsay, Carl, 
Amanda, and Danielle. Season three, Kyle, Lindsay, Carl, Amanda, Danielle, and now Paige. Every person added past season three has not made it longer than three seasons. And the only other people that have made it at three at the three season mark is Hannah and Luke. Everybody else, one season here, two seasons there. But these main cast members, really the ones from season one, seem to be unshakable. So I think what we learn here is that we might not ever have a newbie stick the way that the OGs have. And if Carl and Lindsay don't have some kind of relationship drama, which like I said, I hope they don't, at least not on like Kyle and Amanda's level, I wonder really where they will be next. I think if they both remain sober, I would like to see them move on to the Real Housewives of New York. Why not? Lindsay's 35, 36. She's getting ready to hopefully have children. She just moved in with Carl. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see her dynamic with people other than like Kyle and Amanda and Danielle. But wow, I told you if I had to write a thesis, it would be about freaking Summer House because I have analyzed the heck out of this show. All right. To wrap up this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the season premiere of Southern Charm. Very excited after two long years, Southern Charm is finally back on our television screens. It is crazy to think that the last time we saw the Charmers on their specific show was the reunion. The A-Rod, Jay Cutler, Madison, Craig, Austin reunion. Wow. What a time to be alive that was. So I'll be honest. I am confused as to who is a main character, who is a friend of, and who is just there. There's a lot of people in the mix, and I think that it kind of got a little confusing, but let's just go through the couples that we have, okay? Catherine and Caleb, Shep and Taylor, Craig and Paige, Austin and Olivia, and then we see Naomi, Vanita, Leva, Madison, and Pringle. A major draw of the return of Southern Charm is the return of Naomi. Naomi left Southern Charm, left Charleston to move to New York City last year with her boyfriend, Matul, who then cheated on her mere days after arriving in New York City. And like she said, she came crawling back to Charleston. Everything I've read online said that she had to beg the network to come back. I like Naomi and I thought when she said that he made me a smaller version of myself in reference to Matula. I was like, wow, that really does take some self-reflection and self-acknowledgement. And I think she's right. Like, even when they did the flashbacks of Matula and Naomi on the previous season, the last one that she was on at least, you know, just like forcing her to bench press more and not letting her eat a cookie. And it was just all very weird. I do hope that we get a little more inside scoop about the breakup with Matul. I feel like if I was a Bravo producer, I'd be like, okay, Naomi, you made your bed. You kind of got to lay in it and you got to give us the inside scoop when it comes to what really went down between you and Matul. I feel like it would have been content for the first episode, though, especially now that we're getting into another love triangle between <laughs> another love triangle involving Paige and Craig like oh my gosh how many are there so the thing with Naomi and Craig and this was all over Dumois when it originally happened 
was that the two were in Vegas at the same time and there was a blind item that the that somebody saw them leaving an elevator together. So it's like this tea that they're, you know, teasing on the show. Oh, did Craig and Naomi hook up? Like, what's going on there? It's not really tea because we already know about it, which to me is a major flaw so far in the season is that social media is moving at 10 times the speed as the filming of the show, as the production of the show. So we're already like past this whole Naomi, Paige, Craig, love triangle, although it will be interesting to see, you know, what really went on. Like I said, I just cannot believe that we literally just got off the ride. We just got off the ride of Kristen, Craig, and Paige. And now, buckle up, riders. Keep your arms and feet inside the vehicle at all times or whatever the heck the saying is because here we go, another one, this time with Naomi. If I'm Paige and I'm in two back-to-back love triangles, I'm like, sis, what is going on? It's just interesting to look back on that time because I I remember I was listening to Craig and Austin's podcast. I wouldn't say religiously. I mean, that's a stretch. One, I was interested to hear some things that were being discussed. I would listen to Pillows and Beer and Craig even denied the fact that they hooked up. You know, he said what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But like, how did Austin of all people buy into the fact that they didn't hook up. I mean, come on, dude. Even when Craig on that podcast said what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, I knew that they did. But really, Austin is going to act like he had no idea? Come on, dude. Come on. Speaking of Austin, we do start to see the demise of the friendship between Austin and Craig, which again is annoying because we know they're fine now. But Things apparently did get bad for these two in this season. They didn't record their podcast for months. You know, we see at one point they're going to get into a physical altercation. Do I believe that there is some jealousy about Craig and Sewing Down South? Absolutely. Shep and Craig have always been frenemies. So I feel like even though Shep always says, like, I want you to succeed, like, He wants Craig to succeed, but he doesn't want Craig to be more successful than him. I don't want to say anything mean. I'll just stop there. And then I think Austin might have a little bit of jealousy too because, you know, he has his own business and it's not at the standard that Craig's is. I think that maybe he thought the two of them would go on this successful ride together. I mean, not to say that Austin's beer isn't successful in its own right. It's just not as successful as Sewing Down South. We do see this conversation between Pringle and Craig at Sewing Down South. And this is where it gets confusing. Like Pringle, is he a cast member? He's featured in the first episode, but he's not in any promotional images. If you look up, you know, the the flyer for Southern Charm season eight, I think it is like Pringle's not on it. And then there's also a list of like friend ofs, like Madison is technically a friend of. No Pringle anywhere. So time will tell. We'll see if he kind of fades out into the background. Now, another major plot line in episode one is the feud between Catherine and Naomi. And that really comes to a head at Catherine's 30th birthday party. They dedicated a whole 20 minutes to this birthday party. Although a lot of good things did happen at this party. Paige and Naomi met for the first time. Madison LaCroix enters the chat. Did you see like the internet beef between Austin and Madison this past weekend? Um, Actually, it was just Austin. Okay, so this is what happened. Madison posted an Instagram reel of like a little snippet of when she came into the party. And the caption was, you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. Okay, so like, Three days later, two days later, Austin is 
floating on some river drinking a beer, I think, and uh, the song is playing in the background. You got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him. He's got the captions like up on the Instagram story. And then at the bottom, very faintly, it says, in honor of 11 seconds of screen time, dot, dot, dot. Which is clearly a dig at Madison. I'm like, dude, she is engaged and fully moved on with her life. Why can't you do the same? Why? I guess we will find out if there's just more beef between the two of them. So let me tell you one of my favorite moments of the season premiere. It's the little powwow between Shep, Austin, and Craig at Catherine's birthday party. I loved that scene so much. You want to know why? It felt like home, you know? Like, Shep using words that I don't understand and like cackling in the face of Craig. Austin and Craig bickering like husband and wife. Shep and Craig being frenemies. Like all of it was just a tale as old as time and it felt good, you know? So then we have Catherine's grand finale. (laughs) I missed Catherine's chaos. She always seems to bring some of it or a lot of it. A lot of talk about Catherine's lipstick being smudged all over her face. I don't actually think it was her lipstick. I think her foundation rubbed off. And she said she was peeling because she was using a retinol. Girlies, if you know, you know. But someone should have like helped a sister out. Like, Catherine, we gotta go. Freshen up. Catherine and Caleb's fight. I mean, this is the first time that we're even as an audience getting to see Caleb, getting to know Caleb. He's trying to mediate the situation between Catherine and Vanita, Catherine and Naomi, but Catherine is not having it. And then we see Leva try to mediate Catherine and Naomi. And this all really boils down to Catherine and Cameron's um, beef, which if you are a longtime Southern Charm watcher, you know that Cameron never liked Catherine. Um, And then this last season when Cameron decided not to return, Catherine was like, oh, I heard a rumor that Cameron's husband was seeing somebody else. Cameron not there to defend herself, really. It rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And of course, Naomi was close friends with uh, Cameron, so she's going to take her side. Catherine does just like fly off the handle, calling Naomi fake, petty, condescending. There's just a lot of hard feelings still between Catherine, Naomi, and Cameron. I just feel like the Cameron stuff, she's long gone. Like, why is it still being brought up? And maybe this is just a continuity thing where Naomi wasn't in the last season, so she never really got to talk to Catherine about it, and now is the time to do so. I'm just kind of over it, honestly. Like, Cameron has been off the show for years. Let's, like, move on with our life. The meltdown that Catherine, oh my God, she's, she's just, she wanted to leave the party. She wanted to freaking leave that party. It was a meltdown. It was almost Thomas, you know, running down the boardwalk level meltdown. Not nearly that extreme, but we were seeing some flashbacks, truly. Overall, did I enjoy the first episode? I did. I missed it, so I was prepared for it. But it also left me a little bit disappointed, and I can't really tell you why. Time will tell. All right, you guys, that does it for this week's episode of Morgan's Pop Talks. And we'll see you back here next week. Love you like a sis. Here's to the great American settlers. The millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, hey, I'm no settler, I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com, 
S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.